What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, Casually Canine. I'm Casey. And I'm Kate. And we're glad to be back with you. A little change up this week. No video, full production. We're doing the casual couch session. Is is that what you call this one? Is this what you call your uh, podcast voice? Your announcer voice? No, this is normal. (laughs) Totally normal. That's how I talk in the house, babe. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he talks to me. Hey, um, what would you like to have for dinner? Yeah, (laughs) casual dinner. I love it. No, it's like, hey, babe, what do you want for dinner? Dinner, meatloaf. Ew, I hate (laughs) loaves of meat. Eight loaves of meat. Yeah. Uh, I love a good meatloaf. You would, Mr. Wisconsin. You like it too, don't you? No. No? Mm -mm. Oh, yeah, never mind. I I think that it's honestly like, I'm going to say a gross word too, like, I know good meatloafs should be moist, but it's kind of like that weird, like, you're cutting into a moist loaf of meat, and I just can't get on board with it. Oh. Your mom likes a pretty good meatloaf. I've heard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've, You've never eaten it? I have. Oh, okay. It's just but not it's your still, most favorite it's still, thing. It just is like, eh. It's the texture and the, the whole concept? It's wet, slopped together meat that's put in a bread loaf that I'm like, what? Right, yeah, so the whole concept. The concept of the a loaf texture. of meat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, guys, we had a a very interesting week, a good week all around. We had go-homes, we had drop-offs, we had shadow week, we had... Tons of... A monsoon. Yeah, literally a monsoon. Oh my gosh. I don't know if it was actually considered that, but it felt like that. It was uh, a monsoon at K9 headquarters, that's for sure. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have felt that like ridiculous and dramatic if um, we didn't have our shadow students, which honestly we could have done a lot of inside stuff too because all of the dogs were on the tail end of heading home so we could do indoor outings and things like that. But to be completely honest, like a lot of people that want to come learn from me or learn from us, like want to see our follow work, our walking work, our how we handle dogs out in public. So it's like the rain put a little bit of a damper on that and then three go-homes. And the struggle with, well, one of our go-homes honestly was, it was a beautiful day, absolutely perfect, couldn't have asked for anything better. And then our other two go-homes was on the same day and that was literally rained how many hours straight? It maybe took a tiny yeah. just sprinkle break, but otherwise it was no. Like, I I think it rained for about two days straight. Oh my god! Like forty eight hours, which was wild. Yeah, it was it was tough to navigate. Yeah, just because one of the dogs, um, you know, she runs a little bit more reactive, and the walk, you know, is obviously the biggest goal for the owner. So that's always tough because we were out there. Like it wasn't that we weren't all out there, but we were all getting like side swept rain pouring on us. Um, obviously other dogs aren't out. So, you know, we brought Birdie out and she's just like looking up at Casey, like, why are you bringing me out in this, yeah. dad? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. But everyone was such a good sport, like the owners, um, shadow students, everyone. So it was, it was interesting. I would have to say it was definitely our wettest shadow program and wettest go homes ever. Um, I've yeah. done plenty, honestly, of go homes in the rain, but it's typically never like downpouring it's usually like some sprinkles and it'll pass by the time we get back to do the outdoor stuff but this was definitely the most uh, gruesome set of go homes gruesome honestly like i <laughs> i feel like i'm slightly like coming down with something like and it could just be from 
tired and busy week and stuff like that. But well, you um, you went to bed pretty early Friday night, and you woke up. Was it twelve hours later? No, 11, eleven hours. Eleven, yeah. So obviously, you... I was probably in the bedroom for twelve hours by the time I went in there. Like I think I went into the bedroom at like seven forty. Yeah, you're like I'm going to bed. I looked at my watch and I'm like, okay. You're, you're like I'm not. I got to stay up for last outs. Yeah, but you also aren't tired like at that time. Yeah, not no, not usually. I, I knew that it was a just such a an event filled couple days though, mm-hmm. and with the added things of like how to navigate like making sure people are getting as much value as possible out of the go home but not getting soaked at the same time and like not yeah. getting the dog completely soaked like it's it the whole thing yeah and then we have you know obviously three shadow students we're, you know i was on a a search i think it was friday morning to go buy some big umbrellas that <laughs> at the couple. local store yeah we had a couple umbrellas but it's just like yeah we just get some more and do the best that we so. can but yeah so that was our last shadow program for um the year i typically have people either um apply or reach out about our shadow program when we have shadow students with us um which makes complete sense because they see like did you know, we have some this time yeah yeah okay um and we had you know you have people that are like oh like what is this? So for a quick little cliff notes, um, we don't do any shadow programs over the winter months. We still train over the winter months. Um, but when we are doing like our outside work during that time, um, I want to be as efficient as possible so that, you know, the dog's not too cold. I'm not too cold. So it's just not very fun for me to be completely honest to do shadow programs in the winter months because I don't want us to be cooped up inside the whole time. So we usually take a break from doing shadow programs from, usually I will do a November one. I didn't this year just because um, we did two back-to-back ones in September and then there wasn't any really good dates that I felt like I wanted to have people here for them. So this year we're taking a break from November and then we won't have another one that we offer most likely until April 2024. And even April weather can be a little hit or miss, but um, that's usually when we start them back up. So if for some reason the people that applied are listening to this, I already reached out to you. Otherwise, if anyone else is interested in um, shadowing me and Casey, it's not going to be until April 2024 that we have one and there's no dates yeah. determined at this point. So we'll always post on our stories and stuff like that, but um, definitely check out our website of what it entails. Ours is a three day. Um, I keep it those shorter amount of days because I am, we both are, but obviously people are coming here to um, learn from me and the training and stuff like that. And I'm involved the entire time that um the shadow students are here and I know some other shadow programs that have like bigger teams and stuff split it up. So that's why I keep it the three days because I want to make sure I can pour a hundred percent of myself into it without completely, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's more mentally exhausting than anything else just because talking so much. So it's like a three day day in the life. Um, and yeah, we really enjoy doing them. So yeah. We'll see them back in April of 2024, hopefully. Yeah, as much energy as we put into them and it takes out of us, we we really do enjoy 
um, doing them, just not in the winter months. Like Kate said, it's it's tough in general. I'm in survival mode yeah. in the winter months. <laughs> Casey enjoys it a little bit more than I do. Yeah. But we even take a little bit fewer dogs during the, not, when, I shouldn't say winter months, I should say a few of them. Like um, January is pretty tough for me. Uh, so I usually take a little bit fewer dogs or do more boarding and stuff like that. So we'll see. We're just you yep. know navigating as that <clears throat> all comes and we will bring back the shadow programs in 2024. Yeah. So awesome. Um, any other updates? I don't think so. I know we had given you guys just a little kind of snippet update on the kitchen. It's basically almost all wrapped up um the guy was here doing a few things this past week he's got to come back and hopefully get one more thing figured out it's kind of a a bigger it's a uh, big deal cosmetic thing that needs to be taken care of so we'll be uh i would die if he listens to this podcast but also i don't really care that much and i don't think he does but um there's just this one thing on our hood that it's like if you walk in, I should honestly post a picture of it on our story, that there was like a nick out of it when it came upon arrival. So we went through everything that we saw, like things not perfect and wrote it out for him and everything else he's come in and adjusted and everything looks great. But this, he's trying to um, touch it up versus like replacing the hood is a much bigger project than... Um, or replacing like a face of a drawer or something like that. So you guys, it literally looks like over this nick, he put like white out and it's so obvious. And he keeps telling Casey that like, I just need to come and put another coat. Meanwhile, it's not even the same color of the wood whatsoever. It's like, it's like almost has a blue hue to it where the rest of the hood is more of like a warm white yeah so casey says that when you guys are listening to this it's the day if you're listening to it on tuesday it's the day that he's coming um he's like i want you to be up at the house to let him know your feelings about this of just being like this isn't gonna fly like the amount we you know paid extra for a decorative hood like this is not gonna fly so that's the last like i hope that you know, he takes care of it the way that, you know, you really should owning your business, you know? Yeah. And like, I think that you and I have talked about this before. We're not difficult people to deal with when it comes to this stuff. It's just, we've been so easygoing. We want to simply ask somebody if it were to come down to like, yeah, this is what it is. Like, would would you like this in your kitchen? I'm going to ask, like, I'm going to literally be like, this is the first thing people see when they walk in because it is for our layout. You you t- or can look me in the eye and tell me that you would be happy with this, but um, yeah. obviously you guys can't see it and visualize and know what we're talking about. It's clearly a little bit of a sour topic for us, but we'll get it taken care of. We're just so ready for this thing to be over so mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, so if anyone's doing a kitchen reno... Um, yeah. Um, just be ready for some roadblocks. I'm and, sure any house renovation, yeah. especially like bathrooms and kitchens, I feel like those are big ones especially when you're dealing with any sort of like okay you have to make sure that this like matches up to the electric or the water and stuff like that but yeah you're gonna find things when you take the old cupboards out like potentially mold or 
Um, maybe you're going to need to do some repairs underneath before you can get the things in there and mm-hmm. just things like that. So just be ready. Yeah. Set aside some extra money if you can. <laughs> yeah. So anything else on that? No. Um, well, Casey you, was asking me yeah. before we started, um, he's like, I have an idea for a topic and I kind of want to um, unpack the topic that Casey wants to talk about a little bit more before we jump on and talk about it on the podcast. But something I was telling that I have gotten kind of a uncommon amount of like questions or messages of like, I need help is about resource guarding this week. And when I say like, I didn't get a bunch, but I got like two or three people distinctly reaching out about that of like, do you have any posts specifically about resource guarding or my dog had a specific situation where's resource guarding its toys with our other dog in the home um so i figured i would kind of touch on resource guarding from a standpoint of like big picture because that can mean so many different things you guys like we have some dogs that resource guard everything and what i mean by that is like even the space of their owners we actually see that kind of stuff more frequently than like food issues and things Mm -hmm. like that because if we're talking about dogs having like resource guarding issues with other dogs with food or bones or high value resources i'm going to tell you right now you might not like my answer um a lot of that is your management needs to be different like for instance feeding your dogs in their crates separately or completely different um, portions of, you know, say you feed in your laundry room, like you're making sure the dogs are at separate sides. And once both dogs are finished, bowls go up. If one's finished before the other and the other one's trying to go into the other space, you, the human, need to stay in that space and let them know, go and tell the other dog to go move along. Like food resources with other dogs, in my opinion, doesn't need to be a problem, but it's going to be a problem if they're not set up to be or set up for success because that is a very high value resource to your dog. Um, and think about obviously, this is again humanizing situations, but sometimes it's helpful for owners to take a step back and be like, Oh, yeah, like I get that. Imagine you're eating a meal and someone just walks up and is putting their hands on your food, like you're immediately going to be like, What the heck? Like, what? I'm sure like parents are used to like their kids grabbing stuff off of their plate and stuff, but like your sibling or your partner or a stranger just comes up and takes something off of your plate. Like that's rude. And that would be like, so rude. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) that would not be okay. So when it comes to that, I often hear a lot. It's like, oh, I have an older dog and then my younger dog who I got as a puppy is now maturing and now we're running into issues. Well, my guess is that you're, it's not that you're now running into issues. There was probably things that had been missed, understandably, like you guys aren't going to be able to read every little body language. But what really can help with resource guarding is not having toys down at the ready, 
Um, bring them out when you want your dogs to play with them separately. Play with them intentionally together. Some dogs might never have issues with like a toy, but then like a high value bone they would. So for instance, have bone time as either in their crates or when they're on their beds or separate portions of the carpet. If you see one of them getting up to go take the other, you need to stand up and go let that dog that's going to try to like manage that and or excuse me, take that situation over and you need to let them know, absolutely not, like go on, you already have a bone. So resource guarding is one of those tough things because it really is so much about human management and less about your dog having to figure out how to share the resources. With that being said, with some of the things like say they're resource guarding with you, that's a whole nother animal. Um, If they think that it's okay to like resource guard, um, you know, say you have to pick something up and get something out of their mouth. That's a completely different situation because sometimes that's just from safety perspective. I am not a person that's going to be like, go put your hand in your dog's food. (laughs) I definitely do not. I, I don't recommend that. I don't think that that's fair to the dog for them to just be tolerant of it because, Right. Like I, I hear a lot of people say like, oh yeah, I can just put my hand in my dog's food. I can take anything away from them and no problem. And I'm glad that like you can take anything away from them because sometimes that is just a safety concern, but like also be fair to your dog. So if you are trying to build up more value and having issues with your dog and their food, hand feed them. Don't put your hand in their food or making sure that you're not taking the bowl away until they're done eating And the other thing that you can do is teach them a really solid out command. So what we, our thought process around out, that's just the word that we personally use. You can honestly name it anything, is not only drop what you have in your mouth, but disengage. So for instance, our dogs with their meals, they're very funny about it. They have, uh, well, Rhodey's very funny about it. They have partially raw, partially kibble. And in their raw, they have these little collagen pieces and frozen green beans. Rody is notorious for leaving a little bit in his bowl every single night. <laughs> and it's easier for us to just have Birdie finish that up than like waste it or pour it back in because it's such a minimal amount that it's not like affecting how much she's eating. So she knows to wait. Literally now it's this whole thing where like we're down yeah. there and um, he finishes up and we send him upstairs. We just tell him, go on. And then we let her know, go ahead. And she goes and gets it. But she's also an excessive, like, she'll just keep licking the bowl. So I'm like, okay, we're done. <laughs> so I step into her and I tell her out and I move her even away from the bowl, even though I 100% know I could take that bowl from her. But I'd rather keep that skill nice and solid in case I never ever need to use it for, say, she gets a dead bird in her mouth out on her property or something. A, I don't want to go digging for a dead bird out of her mouth or either of our dogs, but I want them to know that when I say out, that means you drop it and disengage. Um, And that takes time. Like We typically, with dogs, when we're teaching it, start with tug. Like I'm typically tugging with them, teaching them out and stepping into them and using it with play. That's how I taught both of our dogs it. But then you have to go to making it more challenging and not just from a fun experience. So it might be, okay, now we're teaching them how to out and disengage from a bone 
on leash, we use e-collar for it as well, low level dialing up until your dog's disengaging. And then that word of out gets really solid. But again, resource guarding can go into so many different things. And I don't think that the way to quote unquote solve this is teaching your dog out. I think it's management in your home, structure, making sure that you can send your dog away from things. The biggest resource that we find that dogs are guarding at home is their people. Mm -hmm. You do not belong to your dog. Like that, some people will think it's like funny when the other dog tries to come up, say there's two dogs in the home. This is where we see it the most is when People don't realize that their dog has resource guarding issues until they either add to the pack, have a family member's dog over, something like that. And they'll think it's funny of like, oh, my dog doesn't want to share me with the other dog. It's like, no, you guys, that's that's not cute. It's not funny. Like, imagine (laughs) if you add like a kid to the dynamics, like that is not a good thing for your dog to do. So First off, if you're giving one of your dogs attention and the other one's coming in to like, oh, I want it, we tell that dog that's coming in on the space, no, and we put our hand out and tell them to go. Again, there are some dogs that will never have issues with getting attention at the same time, fine. But you know your dogs. If there is any sort of like, let's challenge who's, you know, who's higher in the hierarchy when it comes to the multiple dogs in the pack, then you need to be on that kind of stuff. Like, especially if you have dual dogs in the home, you need to teach them stuff like place or even just go lay down. Even if you don't teach them a really solid place command, like it's so important to be able to navigate your dog around the house. I mean, think about how often we use go on our daily basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And we use that even if it's just like, they're both trying to come into the kitchen to see what we're up to. They're not doing anything wrong. It's just kind of like, go on, like, You don't need to both be in here or neither if you need to be in here right now. So it's really so much more about managing the dynamics in the home, being proactive about what resources are down, what resources your dog finds as um, high value. Like we even, our dogs, and I just use ours for an example because like they would have resource guarding issues if we didn't have high management. But even they know like one of them's drinking water If we get back from a walk, the other one will just wait back until the other one is done. And they both do that. It's not Birdie just doing it for Roadie or Roadie just doing it for Birdie. Like they both know because if we see them going in on each other's spaces, we let them know, go, like move on. Yeah, typically that's the same with the kitchen too, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I was just talking about is sending them out of the kitchen. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So while I'd love to give you a... If resource guarding is happening, do this and it'll go away. No, like I 100% know if I had especially Birdie out, she's a food hound, and some random dog was like coming up to her bowl, she would 100% resource guard for sure. Yep. Um, But we don't see that because we don't allow those types of things to happen. So even though it's like, oh, well, sometimes something might happen, well... I don't disagree with you if it's something like a something out on your property and you see both your dogs go for it. That's where recall is fantastic or having them e-collar trained and having a really solid no and sending them away and letting them know don't even mess with that. Once in a while, we'll have our dogs like doing hike stuff. You can see one of them is really on a scent and the other like 
oh, I got to go check that out. Mm-hmm. And they don't have issues with that, but it's also because we don't let them linger. Like we'll hit the tone button twice and let them know, let's go guys, like move along. We don't need to be fixated on something that they might start to then find a value. So please also, if you are really struggling with like your dog resource guarding things with you or them seeing you as their resource, get professional help because it it can actually be very dangerous to have like major resource guarding issues. So if you are a person also that has asked me on um, social media, like, what do I do if my dog's resource guarding? If I ever tell you like, this is, you know, we would need a book of virtual or something. It's not just because I'm like, I want you to pay for um, my advice, but that's a serious topic. Like, I don't want to give just a blanketed statement of, oh, we'll just like move your dog out of the space or, you know, correct them for it. Because if this is a reoccurring thing, um, you definitely are going to need to implement some more massive changes in your dog's lifestyle. So um, whether it's me or a different trainer, definitely get some professional help with it. So did you, uh, I had to ask, did you mention the whole like dead bird in the mouth thing? Because we have a dead bird. That's what made me think. Pergola? No. uh, What made me think about it was Nash. uh, One of the dogs that we have right now. The only time he's ever kind of gotten into it with another dog was um, over a dead bird that just like so happened to be in a yard. And um, so it just made me think of that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Funny story. Well, actually, kind of sad. Um, yeah, so like we, not we, funny we, at all. well, it's funny in the fact that like it just happens randomly when we're just in our house. But we have these big windows in our living room, um, kitchen area, and um, for some reason, uh, various times throughout the year, we'll get a a, a bird. What do you call it, a bird strike or a bird? Oh my gosh, no, a bird strikes. Like if you're. On an airplane, oh, okay, and they're like, bird strike, bird strike. <laughs> not, not a bird, not a, a bird strike. A bird hitting a window. A bird smoke in the window. So this past week, we were we were eating dinner, right? It was kind of... Yeah, it was a weird time. In, in like, the evening? Normally, they're hitting like when it's peak light outside. And yeah. this, it was like dusk, is that what you... Yeah, it was, uh, the sun was setting, and um, it it's kind of... It kind of scares you a little bit, right? Because it's like boom, and then we we kind of know the sound now. So then we go to look. Our pergola roof is right and beneath these like, windows. Please don't be dead. Please don't be dead. Please don't be dead. And it was dead. It's dead. And then the cat. If the cat is in the room, she'll go crazy. She like goes the by the window. Like, she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that noise. <laughs> she like makes this weird little cackly cat noise. But the thing about it, you guys, is the pergola. The roof is fantastic and kind of the worst all at the same time. Like, I'm so glad it has a roof because we can be in there under the rain. There's no snow that gets on our patio. But, like, it's also a clear roof, so it gets kind of dirty. And, like, you can see it directly from our window, so it kind of blocks a little bit of our view. Most often we like that it has a roof. But then it also collects dead birds because it's not the easiest thing. And they're tough to get off, too. It's in such an inconvenient area. So this one bird, you guys, hit our window, I don't know, last year at some time. And Casey kept saying, I'm going to get it off. I'm going to get it off. It went through snowfalls. It went through the whole winter. The whole winter, melting, snowfall, melting, snowfall. And then it got toasted 
in the summer it heat. It was so disgusting. It <laughs> this ended thing up being just, It's just a corpse sitting on our roof. Well, yeah. And Casey literally, I think it was like a week ago, goes, you're never going to believe it. I finally got that bird off the roof. I'm like, it only took you a year. Two days later, another bird hits the window. And did you get that one off or did it? Is it still there? I don't even know. I haven't checked that it out. one. The the most recent? Yeah. Oh, it's there. Oh, so now Casey's... Yeah. It'll probably be the bird that'll clear off next summer. Well, but. now I know how to kind of access that area now because I didn't have anything to get I over I think you there. also just kept forgetting about it, if we're being completely honest. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't on the top of my to-do <laughs> list. There were other things going on that I was yeah. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways... How um, do we get on that topic? Well, I was talking about the bird in the mouth thing. Oh, and I yeah, thought you yeah. were referencing our dead birds, no, our dead no. bird collection area. Mm-mm. Yeah, so the only other thing I'm going to say about, uh, so nothing else about the resource gardening. Obviously, that's big picture. Get help if you need it. But lots of management, honestly, for resource gardening type stuff, especially if it's um, between dogs in the home. So the only other thing I was going to say about like this week is it was rare. It's really rare for shadow students to see go homes and drop offs because we typically, between crews of dogs, take at least a weekend off. Well, I didn't do that this time and it's going to be fine, but I'm a little annoyed with myself because I do know how much better I feel. We both feel after having like a few days off. Because even just thinking about it, even though I do more of the training, like Casey has to go down every morning and every night. Um, so it's now six straight weeks of not a single day off. Um, and that can get yeah. tiresome. Yeah, it can. Um, I think we're kind of feeling it a little bit more because our last crew was some more like intense, like really, um, had to take our full attention all of the time mm-hmm. dogs and then we jump into, you know, more dogs right away. So I think we're just feeling a little tired. <laughs> um, but I think everything is going to be okay. Um, yeah, it's just... Of course it's going to be okay. It's yeah. just one of those things that I know also a lot of, like, other trainers listen to the podcast and stuff. And we've gotten feedback that it's appreciated when we are, like, super transparent and honest also about, like, this type of work is not always rainbows and butterflies like we love building our brand and building our business um and there's more to it than just us working with dogs so yeah working with the dogs from time to time it's like it would be fantastic if it was like yes sundays we just fully take off like we potty the dogs and that's it it's like no we we literally cannot do that like it just doesn't work for i'm sure some places do it and that's okay i get why but and the dogs also would be totally fine, but um, that's just not what we do. So it's like you know, there's no days off, but we do take Sundays much lighter. Like yeah, I'll be the first we'll, to say it's going to be, um, you know, it's it depends on when the dogs get there, but it's usually like walks, some place, some yard time, all those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, so it'll be okay. And then we have one day off until our next crew of dogs. And that'll take us to Thanksgiving. And then we have like a week off between Thanksgiving and the next group. Yeah, dogs, so. we're, we're kind of hitting it hard right now because we know that 
we're going to have some more extended time off during the holidays, which will be very welcome this year for sure. Yeah. Um, Should we jump into our peeves and highlights? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so my peeve of the week is, I think I talked about it in one of my peeves, and this is just like proof, and you keep saying, tonight I'm going to look up new doctors. Tonight I'm going to... No, I, I was actually you did? this past week. Yeah, wow, okay. I needed to talk to you about it, but then you oh. were sleeping. Oh, shocker. <laughs> um, so my peeve of this week, and I know that I talked about another peeve, was like getting these random dizzy spells. If anyone's listening to this and they're um, like a neuro brain surgeon or something, just tell me if I'm going nuts or whatever. But on Thursday, yeah, it was Thursday of this last week, it was like 9.30 a.m. The shadow students had just gotten in for the morning and were sitting upstairs in the top part of her kennel room. And I start hearing this massive ringing out of my left ear. And I think it's our like heater system that I'm sitting right below. So I said to Lane, one of our shadow students, like, can you come over and listen? Like, are any of you hearing this ringing? And they all look at me and they're like, no. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going nuts. And I'm like, Lane, come over here and listen. Like, is this thing ringing? She's like, no, Kate. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Then it started sounding like staticky. Like, I felt like I was underwater. It was staticky. It was making me like feel really discombobulated. So then when I was talking, like anytime I would do like an S sound, it was like triggering my ears even more. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like what is going on with me? It was, it was making me feel really trippy. So then I felt like my speech was slurring. I don't know. So I asked them, I'm like, you guys, is my speech like slurring? They're like, no. And I'm like, oh my God, I feel like it. So that really like freaked me out. And it went away probably about, I mean, it lasted like an hour and a half. So it was, it threw me off. But um, that was my peeve of the week. Well, I mean, you also like kind of, had a hurt neck. Oh yeah, so then I was too. of course webmding, which is the worst thing to do, but what I did read is that it can be caused by a neck injury and um this past week I had I woke up one morning with like I woke up Tuesday morning with like the worst neck kink. And I I get this from time to time and it's especially with dogs that I have to keep my neck turned to really watch them with like the walk and stuff like that. So sometimes it'll just massively flare up, but then it was getting better. So then I didn't know, but I will say Thursday, it was a little bit more stiff than what it had been on Wednesday. So I'm going to chalk it up to that. Hopefully, cause otherwise I was like looking it up and it's like, you have a brain tumor. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God. I think, I think that's probably what it was. Yeah. But that was my peeve of the week. What was yours? Uh, my peeve was, um, over last weekend, I spent some time in the woods cutting up this huge tree that fell. And over the course of using um, the saw and kind of manhandling these huge logs, I must have pulled a muscle or something in my in my <laughs> Guys, hand. Guys, our ailments. Are you so over us? No. <laughs> yeah. You guys must be like, these people just are, like they're not stretching. Like, <laughs> they need to... They need to take care of themselves. We, we really, do. we really do, guys. But like, I do need to stretch more. That's, um, that's yeah. True. So I just kind of, um, got, yeah. I, it was weird. I I couldn't like hold things. It's still like ten, I think he is still, carpal tunnel or something. It's still like. tender in there, like holding like a 
fork or a spoon like with my it's between my thumb and my you still manage though don't you pointer finger <laughs> there's <laughs> yeah. no shortage of you getting those big bites in your mouth <laughs> oh my god um yeah you so know, you know. it's weird like even if i put like my hand like on my side and if i had like my thumb Thumb. You know, pointed towards the back and the oh my god i'm trying to i'm trying to get I'm my so pee annoying. in here so i'm gonna take this over here yeah um yeah it's just been a little bit of a nuisance this week i'm still working through it i don't i don't know what i did but i felt it after that so mm-hmm. i'm guessing i strained something in my hand um yeah so anyways, I've, I've got that's a my brain peeve. tumor in casey's carpal tunnel so those all right, let's peeves. not let's I'm not like say kidding. that. All right. Okay. Do you have your highlight, or do you want me to do mine? Yeah. Oh no, we're good, babe. What? Good. No, do I, you... no, you're clicking my screen. I know, but they don't know that. So when you're saying something, you have to give context <laughs> to what you're doing. Because I just said, do you want me to do my highlight or do yours? And you're like, no, we're okay, babe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Why? Um, I'll do mine. Uh, no, I'll do mine first. Okay. So this past week, we always say that so annoying this past week. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I just want to give context. Like Monday, we didn't have a super busy day and I've been thinking about taking um, my video skills that I have learned from filming Kate and doing all of our video stuff and doing work for not only other dog trainers, but other businesses, companies, people who would like video work done, but I'm like, I just need experience. And um, I used to be in the heavy equipment sales industry. So I know a lot of people in the area and there's some houses being built down the road from us. And I saw somebody who I kind of remember talking to working down there. And I'm like, I'm just going to show up with my camera and I'm going to ask if I can film some things for them for free. And that's what I did. I drove up there, had my camera in my hand, got out. You know, the guy got out of the uh, piece of machinery he was in, talked to him for a little bit. He seemed like, okay, like, what what are you? Yeah, Uh, just kind of a small time guy. He's digging house basements. Um, So not a small time guy, small town guy. Yeah, small town, small time. Like, it's not like a big company. It's him and his son. Mm -hmm. And so I told him. You know, I just I want to get some shots. I'll make a make a little video for you guys to use on your social media. And as like, I just want experience. I want to work with others and see how I like it. So we did that. I was there for maybe 20, 25 minutes, got a few shots. And I finally got around to editing it um, Thursday and I sent it to him on Friday and he loved it. And he yeah, post, it really posted cool. it on his Facebook. So Turned out really nice, and I think I'm going to do some more for some other people. I think that's the best part, is that up. he posts it only on his Facebook, because that's all he has. That's all he has, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I'm really only doing it to people who I know right now. You should share just it, kind of reaching even though out to them. they're not on Instagram. You should share it on your stories, so people can, can see. Can I do that? Yeah, you just take it off of your phone and put it on your stories instead of, because you can have a minute-long story, and I think the video is what, like... Uh, it's 30 seconds. Yeah, exactly. So you can put it on your story. Okay, so I'll post it on my stories um, so you guys can see it sometime this week. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that was cool about, like, you doing that is, like, for instance, that's why it works well for you to also film dog trainers is you know how we move now because of all the experience you've had with what doesn't mean that we all move the same, but, like, you know how to kind of anticipate, like, 
my movements and stuff like that. And then what was cool about this is you know how the machines work. So you were able to tell him like, hey, I want you to do this, do that. And he was like, okay, cool. I know exactly what you're talking about. So I think that helped a lot because it's not like you're just walking around like any business right. that like you're really trying to kind of find your um, niche, if you will. And I think that's a really cool industry. And another one that would be is like, ski industry because you've been super involved in that and this next week you're going to do one um for our buddies that own a roofing business and yeah the thing that's cool about that as well is like he's our friend so like he's gonna know exactly like hey this person's gonna be doing this right now that'll be a good shot for you to get like it'll be more of like a creating a project with the expert of the project and then you being like now the expert of bringing it together, which is cool. Yeah. So like bringing other people's passion to life. I'm looking forward to doing more of it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. I, I really enjoy it. And uh, like I said, I'm just, I'm doing it all for experience right now. I'm just reaching out to friends and people that I know that are either in the construction industry that I used to work with or sell to, or just friends that I know who have their own companies. And I'm like, Hey, let's do some work and, see how you like it so that was my highlight it, it okay. turned out really well and it, it you know for just being kind of on the spot like i'm just gonna get some shots and not really planned out it turned really turned out really well yeah my highlight of the week is very different and more simplistic and um totally like a dog mom owner highlight <laughs> so um if you guys have been around for a while, you obviously know that Rody's the reason that I got into training, all of that kind of stuff. And the last, I, honestly, since we moved here, it's like he's a completely different dog. And what I mean is just like he's so much less like high strung and stressed. It's just like he's living his best life in this property, this house, this age. Like he's just really, really enjoyable. Um, he's not a dog that goes on our furniture. And honestly, it's not even now, like it's not something he can handle. Like he probably can handle some like extra cuddle time and extra couch time, but he's just not a dog that like seeks it out. Like he loves his bed. He loves being around us, but he likes his own space. Well, the other night, I I don't know, he just seemed more like, what you doing, mom? Like kind of standing by me while I'm on the couch and I'm just like, I'm just going to tell him up, up. Because I'll tell him up, up and tap on, like, to invite him on to furniture sometimes. And he'll literally just look at me and walk away. He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> well, this time he did. And it was, like, the perfect, I don't know, hour of my life. And honestly, probably his, too. It was your and, snuggle time Friday night when you were just, But you know. in his way still. He was down at my yeah. feet. Um, I was laying on, like, the lounge portion of our couch. He's just down, like by my legs, kind of behind my knees. I have the blanket over him. He's warm and cozy. He's being so good. Because sometimes in the past, especially, if he'll hear like a car door close outside or, you know, any weird noise, he'll be like, and he literally would know that as like, get down. Like, don't even think about it. Just get down. He didn't make a peep. So I totally got to live in my like snuggly row-row moment and those moments with BB are like endless because she loves it so much. But with him, it's so like, um, I'll take it or leave it. He's like, I'm good. Like I want to run up to you guys and, you know, love up on you a little bit, but then let's play. And yeah. with 
that night I was just like, oh, and of course I'm going into total like human dog owner, not dog trainer. I'm like, he knew I needed it that yeah, night. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah. Well, we um, also celebrated eight eight years on eight, October eight years 10th with him. um that young man who has young led us down a lot of our journeys. Yeah. So we are. So he's my little Very highlight thankful for, this week. for that man. Yeah, he's yeah. so cute and he's so naughty. Not actually, he's not naughty at all. That's the thing. He's genuinely he's, he's the really good, the least naughty dog, but with like major um, limitations, if you will, yeah. from a standpoint of like you would not walk into our house if you're a stranger and like me be like, hey, want to meet Rody? Want to like no. be his best bud? He, he would but be in his he, kennel. He'll leave you alone. Yeah, and. Uh, He's totally fine with that. Yeah, he's like, I prefer it. Yeah, when we say Rody's living his best life, where we're at now, like we we truly mean it. But also, like, you know, we don't take Rody to go to like an outing in a store or um, like a downtown thing to just do it. Like, we know that's not in Rody's best interest. Typically, it's so. just because he would like literally hate it. Yeah. The thing about it is, like, I know that there's things where it's like, yeah, I could go do that with him, but I'm not going to do stuff. Especially now, it's like he's so good from our day-to-day life. We're able to take yeah. him on van trips. We're able to take him back to where our parents live. Like he, We're able to take him to the vet. All of those things. That it's like now if I were to take him to like a Home Depot, it'd be like I'm literally doing this for me. Yeah. But even that, I'm like, I don't enjoy that with him. I enjoy it with Birdie because she's genuinely like, burr, 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 burr. this is fun. I want to go anywhere with you. His life is fulfilled yeah, just the way that it is. We don't need a dang to, good life. Yeah, we don't need to do that. But. All Anyways. right, guys. Well, thank you, as always, for yeah. being here for another episode of Casually Canine. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. Um, like we always say, if you didn't rate us yet, give us that five stars. If you don't, give us five stars. Just, just stop, do it anyways. Yeah, just stop listening to us. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.